Hey, Roshak. Hey, you're pretty famous, right? <laughs> hey, you know what? I'm pretty famous, too. Ain't that right? That's right. You know, maybe I can give you an autograph, huh? What you say, big boy? <laughs> Welcome to another episode of the uh, the track list. Uh, welcome everyone to another episode of the track list. I'm Darren Jenkins. And I'm Chris Saunders. And on today's show, we're doing a uh, the 2009 comic. Uh, I don't know if this was this was probably one of the first real serious ones. Um, comic book movies, Watchmen. Um, directed by Zack Snyder, um, starring a lot of people, um, Jackie Earl Haley, Patrick Wilson, Carl Gugino, um, Malin Ackerman, Billy Crudup, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and Matthew Good. Um, in 1985, where, where former superheroes exist, the murder of a colleague sends active vigilante Rorschach into his own sprawling investigation and covering something that could completely change the course of history as we know it. Um, box office, uh, budget for this was, uh, 120, oh, wow, 120 million. And they only made 185.4. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, okay. So right off the bat, uh, I read that the author of the graphic novel, Alan Moore, was just, I mean, he sold the rights to this when he was young, but yep. he just did not. He hasn't seen it. He doesn't plan on watching it. <laughs> Pretty sure he still doesn't hasn't seen it. Yeah. Uh, so he refuses to see any like film adaptations of his work. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that influenced the uh, the box office here. If like a bunch of fans of the novel saw that he said that, and then like were like, "Not, nah, we ain't gonna see it." But yeah, who knows? Well, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure there's some answers to that somewhere. But um. Yeah. yeah, man. Apparently, like seven million, uh, there was seven million in pre pre production before even Zack Snyder got his hands on this. <laughs> so yeah, so we it wasn't whole... starting out very well. No, nah. um, and I guess the the ratings here from IMDb, uh, seven point six out of ten. Rotten Tomatoes, the critics give it sixty five percent. The audience gives it seventy one percent. That's all. I guess seventy one. The audience from Rotten Tomatoes is like the average of all those things. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, I, I remember like the push for this film, um, the promotion mm -hmm. and everything. It seemed like such a big film. And I seem to recall people like talk, like wanted to see it that I knew at least. So I am surprised yeah. that it's kind of this low and, and performed this poorly. Did you um, get to read the graphic novel at all? No, because then we would have done this podcast next year. So I didn't. Well, I mean, <laughs> I meant when it first came out. Okay. No, no. Because no. <laughs> I think I think um, so. The Watchmen, as a as a graphic novel, as a, as a comic book, had a huge following. I mean, they I believe, were like I believe they 
graphic novel fans would not like you to call it a comic book. Whatever, man. Um, it was a huge following. It was very, uh, I mean, because it came out when I was still doing books. And, um, you know, when this, I think when this was announced that they were going to be doing this, yeah, it was huge. It was like, like Comic-Con blew up. But I don't know, man. It's just this movie is, you know, we do like as we'll you'll see it later on in the show. We do this thing called "What the Fuck" moments. There, yeah. this whole movie is one big "What the Fuck" moment. But are you are you saying the the graphic novel is not the same? As is far it, as is... the gratuitous violence and stuff, yes, it's the same. Right. But the funny thing about this, and I think there was this was in some of the. Um, Little known facts about it. This movie has more, cur- way more cursing in it than in the book. There's no, there's no <laughs> cursing in the book at all. Um, which is, you know, funny. Um, I can't even yeah. tell you if I even noticed the cursing in this movie. I, I saw a trivia thing about the Dr. Manhattan being the only character that doesn't curse in this film, but I, I didn't even notice it. Maybe I'm just. <laughs> well, yeah, I was going to say, maybe you just jaded. Yeah, I don't know. But, um, yeah, I mean, as, as far as the storytelling goes, um, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's anything like super groundbreaking, right? We get right. a news report to open, kind of setting the stage for the Cold War and the power, you know, the, yep. the big powers, U.S. versus uh, USSR. Um, this is a alternate universe, right, from the regular DC universe. So yeah, that's why we have these characters we're not completely familiar with, who, but kind of seem like the Justice League, right? Yeah. Then we I mean we also get a, a montage as well to give some more like background to the story. But um I liked the uh the opening fight scene. Oh yeah. Where we have like um cool comedian like is the one watching this news report and like he's just like I can't even call him an anti hero, bro. <laughs> 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 I cannot use the word in his descriptor. Like it's this guy's a fucking dick. Yeah, he's like um, if Deadpool took it way too far. <laughs> this dude is just filthy. I mean, yeah, he's mm-hmm. he like he's a villain. Like mm-hmm. he really is just a villain that's on a superhero team. I don't understand how that works out, but okay. I, I can't even compare him. Like even like Deadpool is not a good comparison. Yeah, right? no, it's not really. Yeah, there's nobody I can compare him to. Um. In any superhero faction. So, yeah, it was just, I mean, but this whole fight scene, like, this guy's supposed to be a enhanced person, we'll call him, instead of superhero. Right. And he gets his ass whooped by a mystery person. Yeah. Uh, but the fight scene was cool. I mean, it's it's pretty dark, so, you know, a lot of it's shadow and silhouette. But, uh, you know, at the very least, I, I enjoyed this scene. And you, you understand that this guy is, like, supposed to be a badass and is, is getting overpowered by somebody. So... It's a good, it's it is a good opening to the to the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really sets up the darkness that's that's going to be pervasive through this whole movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that leads into the uh, oh, and uh, the well, we have to talk about the music. I mean, right away because mm. um, it's a perfect example of like what we talk about when like the music is just 
completely opposite or juxtaposed to the scene that this fits <laughs> in. And they're playing Nat King Cole's Unforgettable. Very mellow, calm love song. And these guys are beating the shit out of each other. So yeah. <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was interesting. Interesting use. Yeah. I, I, w- I would love to know like what made them decide to choose such a juxtaposition of, of a song. Um, it was interesting though. I mean, you know, I'm not hating. I didn't hate it too much. It was, it was a little weird. I mean, it works with like some of the slow mo parts of the scene. Yeah. So like when it slows down, it makes a little more sense. But you know, it's effective. Um, and then we jump right from that. I mean, you know, this is a sound. This is a podcast about movies, but more importantly, their soundtracks. <laughs> and yeah. It jumps right from unforgettable into a times that are changing. Uh, for the yeah. opening montage of like I don't know the backstory I guess of the superheroes and what's happened to them and why we yeah. are where we're at. Yep. Uh, but throughout that montage, you know, they show like Nixon uh, as president, JFK, uh, and his assassination apparently by a comedian. Um, you see Andy Warhol in there, the Village People, Mick Jagger, David Bowie, um, at Studio Fix Fifty Four. Yeah. Uh, you get a clip of Neil Armstrong on the moon and uh, Dr. Manhattan's already there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and a really cool addition. I don't know if you noticed, um, and I didn't. I saw it in trivia. Um, there's a scene where someone's being arrested by Cameron from Rorschach or Night Owl. And in the background, you see Thomas and Martha Wayne. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah. And that's why... So they were saved, and that's why there's no Batman in this universe. Uh, oh, so, so I wonder if this is the same universe. I mean, for any of the people who have followed like the animated, DC animated stories, there's the Crisis on the Infinite Earths, and I wonder if that's the universe that they land in because the same thing happens in that cartoon. Um, I mean, you know, again, you know, what you just said is infinite, you know, on infinite earths, like there's infinite right, yep. possibilities. Like there could be two where similar things Same do things, happen. Yeah. So it's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but we don't, we don't see any of the traditional superheroes here. So yeah, I think in infinite earths, there's some of them are still there, right? Like, yeah. Owlman is a, is not a nice person. Uh, <laughs> it, as he is, he's definitely very nice. Maybe way too nice in this movie. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. Uh, except for the fight scenes, the brutal fight scenes. Um. Uh, and then like, oh, speaking of night owl, they there's there's multiple night owls, right? We have the um, what, what was it, the, the Minutemen? Yeah, Minutemen. Is are the older superheroes? It sounds like Justice uh, Society. Justice Society, yeah, yeah. And then the Watchmen are Justice League. So there is a night owl. At, um, one and then it's Night Owl two. We focus yeah. more on the second one, but uh, we go into a scene where the two Night Owls people that the two here guys that play those are take on that moniker are talking with each other. Yep. Like I don't know, shooting the shit, going over old old times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is kind of cool. Um, and that guy, who's that? That guy that plays the old Night Owl is a. Uh, I've been watching uh, X X Files. Wasn't he in X Files? He was in X Files. seasons. Yeah. <laughs> um. You notice, like when um, the 
Night Owl 2 is leaving his, I don't know, does he, is he like a used car salesman or something? Mm. Uh, he's leaving the guy's lot, uh, and there's a sign that says, um, we fix them, obsolete models, a specialty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I thought that was like directly talking about Night Owl 1. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so that was, I mean, just little things that I thought were funny. I'm kind of just walking through the timeline here of the, of the movie. Yeah, um, I mean, but, um, that, uh, like, it, the movie, what I what I thought was interesting about it was this movie doesn't slow down a lot. There's not a lot of, because um, uh, maybe that's a screen, screenwriting was, you know, pretty, this is, Zack Snyder, I think, kind of testing out some of his chops, um, some of the things, because he carries on a, a few different tropes into other movies. Um, but this movie doesn't slow down a lot. It's not a lot a lot of dead dead air on this movie. Yeah, I think the pacing is good. Um, probably had to be uh, with all the characters that he, yeah. they were looking at. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not, it's not overloaded, right? It's not like too many, but like those main, what, five, six characters, like yeah. he did well jumping back and forth and making sure we understood who's who and who's doing what and all that, you know? So, yeah. um, it, the, yeah, exactly. The pacing is really good. Um, cause if we slow down, this movie is, might be like four hours long and it was, how long is it in the first place? 246, I think. Yeah. It's already, it's already pretty long. So, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, two forty-two. My goodness, that's. Uh, I I don't know. Is it? Do you think like that's something that has to be done if it's like a graphic novel, right? We're not talking about like a comic book or like a series of comic books, like a one story. It's like they're usually like this thick, right? Like two inches thick. The graphic novels. Yeah, I mean they're pretty thick, and um, I think I think there's a little bit of pressure for the creators of this movie because. You like you couldn't do like you like with DC Universe currently when they did like the Justice League. They, I mean, there are people who are missing. There's Martian Manhunters missing. Green Lantern oh is missing. Why, why are you bringing you know, this up? Oh my but God. my point, my point being <laughs> is that is that um, I don't think the the fans of the of the Watchmen would have been happy if. For some reason, they didn't, they didn't, they left out some some of the heroes, you know. So it, yeah, I mean, it's also like right. You're talking about a graphic novel that's used. They're usually one-offs, or yeah. one-shots. Um, whereas, I mean, that's exactly the problem. Like, we, I don't want to get into like the main DC universe because I'm gonna blow my shit. <laughs> but um, but essentially, like, right? You, you talk about Justice League. They, they're they're trying to squeeze too many storylines into one film. It's too long. It's right. too disparate like we don't know what the fuck's going on right whereas this is like okay this is what we're doing which this is crazy story they've got them the roadmap right here they've got a yeah. roadmap that like is this the best movie no mm. but cons the, the 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 skeleton of this movie is pretty damn good and the thing is like main dc universe has so much more content to work with just take your time yeah and do it right anyway Back yeah. to Watchmen. Um, but so there was one thing I found interesting. Um, we're introduced to, I think it's when we're introduced to Oz Ozymandias. Yeah. 
um, who's essentially S- Superman. With 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 uh, Brainiac Five's intelligence. <laughs> well, actually, Superman is actually supposed to be pretty fucking smart because yeah. he's got the alien technology and knowledge. Yeah. For 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 human humanity, he's smart. So. Yeah. But yeah, this guy is. I don't know if this guy is probably lightly light years ahead of him, like Brainiac. Um, but he says something about, and we should have known at this stage that he was a bad guy. Um, <laughs> war is a result of the fear of not having enough, essentially. Uh, without that fear, war would be obsolete. So that's his kind of like overarching thesis. Um, I know we're talking about a movie, but like you just to make it put it in a context of like what just happened this this week. Yeah, in, uh, Israel Palestine, um, and then like what's been happening in fucking Ukraine for over a year now. Yeah. Like, um, do you agree with that statement? I always find that in these superhero movies, someone will say something that is really spot on. And, but I mean, and and then I wonder, well, if we think this way, then why the fuck are we, you know, like, why can't we solve shit, you know? So, but, um, there's probably some truth to it. I mean, I mean, he, he says that under the auspices that he's creating this energy source that's going to, like, eradicate, you know, yeah. the fight over natural resources and everything, which in the end we find is not his fucking plan. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, it's not necessarily the only reason. that There was, you know, to me, there was a flaw in that logic because there's a lot more that people fight over than just energy. So there's that energy. Well, he's saying like not having enough, like if we have enough energy, maybe that solves a lot of other problems, like production of food and like not fighting over the land where the resources are, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, anyway, there's, that's, yeah, that's why I said there's some truth to it, but, <laughs> but you know, um, but I did find that Ozymandias is, is the prototype for a fucking Homelander. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you could have inserted Homelander in this real easy. Um, the only, the only thing—he's he's not as smart. He's not he's as not smart. A, he's not as smart, <laughs> he's and he's not as uh, selfish. Because Homelander is pretty fucking selfish. Yeah. Well, he's like he's like the id. Yeah. Is it the it, the ego super ego, ego? Sorry, he's like ego. the ego. Actually, yeah. you know what? I'm I'm messing up my my psychology. Um, yeah. Someone wants to comment when we post this. Let me know what it's supposed to be. The very basic one that just you know <laughs> wants what it wants. Um, I think it's it. It's anyway, it, so yeah. All right, I was right the first time. All right, never never question myself. Uh, and then we get. Uh, Mr. Eddie Blake's kind of backstory. Uh, Eddie mm. Blake slash the comedian. And I had to skip right to the what the fucks. Yeah. I just put, I just, it just, it just it was like rapid fire. I'm just like, okay, comedian assaulting Sally Jupiter. Yeah. Like, I don't want to use the word, but like sexually assault, like trying to sexually assault her. Or, yeah. And then what the fuck? Uh, comedian shooting a pregnant woman. Pregnant Vietnamese woman yeah. that he impregnated. Yeah. And then what the fuck? Comedian like fucking up civilians in the US. Like there's they're like rioting and he just like starts like he's shooting fucking I, just hitting them with gas grass gas grenades and sawed off shotguns. Yeah. 
so I mean, I, you know, as I'm talking, like I'm kind of introducing our different characters here. <laughs> this is the could be, like we're talking about like Ozymandias, right? So at the end of this movie, he essentially kills millions, tens of millions of people. I still think comedians more fucked up than. <laughs> oh hell yeah! Like I'm, I, it's we. What was weird about it to me was he was the first person to to uncover the his scheme and i'm like mm -hmm. i don't know comedians doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's going to do a lot of detecting to me he's kind of yeah. like you know shoot first and detect later <laughs> yeah i i don't know what's going on and so yeah that, that would definitely be like a a plot hole to me right <laughs> like yeah. why why was he the first person to figure all this shit out and then, like, why didn't he tell anybody except for that his arch nemesis? Because he thought it was a joke. Like, but, you know what this who this guy is? He's like if the Justice League let Joker be on the team. Yeah, but he like at least Joker is funny sometimes. This guy was not funny at, at all. all. He just kind of laughed sometimes. He should he, he should have been called like the pressing dude or something. They should call they should have called him the audience. The dick. He's just laughing at shit. <laughs> yeah. <that> was, <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah. At least, like, Joker's kind of funny sometimes, like, when he's not murdering people. Yeah. Um, and then where we get Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. And, like, dude, talk about multitasking. Yeah. I'm just like, I might be jumping ahead here, but, like, the whole thing where he's... Yeah. I don't know. Do they even get to having sex, but he's having sex with... um. He's pleasuring Lori. his girlfriend. And then, like, then there's two of him. And then there's a third one working on a project in the other room. I, I was just like, okay. That dude can multitask. Uh-huh. Um, but then I had a question. Uh -huh. I think this is very pertinent. Um, mm -hmm. Does this guy have to walk around with his thang out all the time? I, I, I Like, he clearly understands clothes because he has the suit on on that TV show. So I'm just like, yeah. what's up, man? Like, when do you choose to, to dress yourself and not dress yourself? It's right. Like, it's just kind of there. That's, that's yeah. a whole other... I think you have to read the comic book for that. Oh, they explain that? I, I think so. I don't, know. I, I don't know. I don't know if I need close-ups of his junk, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, then there's like Night Owl. Um, this kind of, they explain it in the movie, like how he affords all his equipment because he's kind of like this Batman. Yeah. His father leaves him a bunch of money. Yeah. So not the same origin story, but yeah, his father left him a bunch of money. He was able to like afford like a, a an owl cave, whatever you want to call it. And all the, like his flying ship and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and this guy's like, what, what you call him a pushover? <laughs> yeah. He's, he kind of soft as, as superheroes go. He can fight. But oh, yeah, no, like as far as just like this personality, he's just kind of yeah, soft, capital T. It's kind of like like is this like the grown up version of uh, uh, what was that? What was the movie with um, the the uh, the guy just buys like a leotard and becomes a superhero? Um, like kick kick ass, kick ass. Yeah, is this like oh, a grown up version of kick ass? I mean. <laughs> I think they got more than leotards, but 
Uh, it, it feels like it. Like they're 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 out. Their uniforms are kind of stupid, for lack of a better word. <laughs> yeah, that first team was kind of sketchy. Um. Yeah. I mean, again, I haven't watched. I haven't read the uh, the, the graphic novel, but the, yeah, it just. It, I know that he's pulling from that source material, but yeah, just some some of the some of the stuff just looked kind of like. <laughs> Rinky, rinky dink is that the word rinky dink like the moth and uh <laughs> yeah I, I i can't the guy with the hood yeah the, the hood hoods, really disturbed me a little bit well have you seen the tv show which one uh, on max uh oh the the uh, tv show watchman yeah 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 like he, he's in that i remember i remember his character yeah. and they, they they allude to something in this movie like when when he 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 saves laurie hmm uh, not Lori. Lori's mom. Yeah, and and starts like beating comedian, and comedian's like, "Oh, is that what does it for you?" Oh yeah. Because in the in the show, he's like like gay, right? And they get <gasps> kind of graphic about it. Um, but in this, they just referenced it lightly, like that was the only reference to his sexuality. Um, gay dude, and yeah, in a hooded mask. Yeah. Like with, with a, with a, it also has a, a, a noose around. What yeah. the fuck? I want to be there yeah. when he goes to save a, a group of black people. Well, <laughs> they won't know what. If he's there like, to save them or no, kill them. he might end up becoming victim. But yeah, this is one of those films like you know you come across that first um, fight scene with Night Owl and Laurie Jupiter in the the alley. These are like a little too graphic for me. Like they're breaking arms yeah. and shit. Like. I just, you know, it's not necessary. Like, not, like, you know, I kind of get why they were banned. Because, I mean, they they have no, there's no filter for these guys. They, I mean, they fight and they break bones and they kill people and they smash stuff and they break things. I'm like, yeah, of course you're going to get banned. Well, so yeah, it's funny. We're talking about comedian and how fucking how much of a dick he is, but like, yeah, they're all have no regard. Like, you know, you can disable someone without like breaking, a, like breaking, like breaking their femurs or like yeah. killing them. I mean, not that I know much about that, but <laughs> they've done it in plenty of movies where it's you know I, I can roll with it. So yeah, anyway, yeah. So they, you know, I, I don't know. Again, source material, right? It was um, yep. The graphic novel is pretty graphic, huh? I, I'm trying to remember. I guess it is. Yeah, I suppose. Um, but I do love. Um, well, of course, because it's the most like CGI we get in the film is Doctor Manhattan. I love his um, origin story. Oh yeah. Um, I mean the whole thing, like where he gets trapped in, um, whatever whatever experiment they're working on, and that yeah. like essentially rips his. Trinsic field or something like that. And then he recombines himself and this is pretty much energy matter. Um, and just like the visuals on that are really cool. Yeah. Uh, and, and Billy Crudup is like super convincing. Yeah, he Dr. was really Manhattan. good. Yeah, he was Like just his, his monotone voice and like matter of fact. I mean, the writing, the writing worked as well. Um, but yeah, I love the way he uses his voice. Yeah. Um, but which leads us to our uh, next episode of so hold up um so when we're like 
zooming out uh, when uh, Dr. Manhattan's on the moon and he's like in his like meditative, you know, cross legs position floating in the air. Did we have to zoom out betwixt his butt cheeks? Is that really necessary? Well, they wanted to show the complete moon. Or that he's an asshole. There's a day to go. Um, yeah, I was here wondering if that was also necessary because as we're as we're seeing here, a lot of the stuff seemed pretty unnecessary in the in the filming of this movie. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. But then, like, so we've built up like Doctor Manhattan, his origin. Like, he's essentially like losing his sense of humanity. He's just more a logical being. Whereas you have like Night Owl and Lori, who are like very much human, but like kind of, I don't know, they're the nicer characters in this film. Yeah. Uh, and we talked about Comedian, also very human, but he's a dick. And then you have um, fucking, well, Osmandius, who, I don't know, like I said, we probably should have known he was the bad guy before. Yeah. But then he also starts talking about Alexander the Great and conquering stuff. And, well, that's a second clue. Yeah. Um, but he's early on supposed to be this like humanitarian and like trying to save the world essentially. And then we have Rorschach. Mm. Um, I don't know. He, he plays like the, 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 the noir, the film noir detective kind of role in this. Yeah. But also like, man, next level Humphrey Bogart. Man. <laughs> next level Humphrey Bogart. Like, I don't know if it's like next level or just like, just, I crazy Humphrey Bogart. Is that more accurate? <laughs> yeah. Um, crazy. I, I, I really liked, um, I really liked this character. Yeah, me too. Uh, and I guess I can understand why they, in the description you said at the beginning, they focus on him. Like he's the main character. I think they do a good job of splitting it up, you know, mainly between like Lori, Night Owl and Rorschach and Dr. Manhattan. Like to me though, they're four main, uh, main characters, but, yeah. I can see why he's like a focus. Yeah. Um, played by Jackie Earl Haley. Um, yeah, man, he's just like I see a lot of similarities with him and like comedian as far as like they're both like cynics, but but comedian like allows his cynicism to like guide his actions and like just give up hope on like humanity essentially. Right. Whereas Rorschach is still trying to essentially make things better. Um, and, I, and I did like that, um, like those parallels between some of, the, some of those characters, so Comedian and Rorschach, and then like, I would say Ozymandias and Night Owl, mm. right? They're seemingly humanitarians and they want to make the world better, um, but they go about it very different ways, right? Yeah. And I think that's the same with Comedian and Rorschach, very cynical characters, but trying to do things different ways. So, um, I yeah. thought those are cool parallels. Yeah, Rorschach was like I of all the people in this film, I I would most want to see like a one-off film featuring featuring his character. He he's he just uh you know, he had sprinkles of Batman in him he, and um you know, he, he was, I mean his fight scenes were dope. Well, I read that he uh, he's like, I forget which martial art, but he's like trained in martial arts, but he just decided not to use them in this film. I guess, obviously, because um, he just thought that um, 
the character's fighting style will be more like rough and tumble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. you can see, like, he knows what he's doing in those scenes, which is cool. Tell you, it's a far cry from the Bad News Bears. So, is he, is he in there? Yeah, he he's the um, main player in the the original Bad News Bears. I did not know that. I interviewed him in two thousand. Why? Why isn't he here now? Because I don't know him. Damn it, damn it, Darren. Um, but. And they also we also get his like, well later on in the film we do get like his essentially his reason why he is the way he is, mm. and he he even says like he's he's kind of more like I guess he says more like Night Owl when he was younger when he first started out in crime fighting, but then he goes to the, this is like another what the fuck moment, but you know what I'm going to talk about like when it when he kind of changes the the incident that makes him kind of change from what behind the ears to like. Oh. Well, the more cynical character we see. Yeah, yeah. Saw that. The whole, uh... Some, I don't know, was he in Russia, they said? Like, some girl gets kidnapped. He goes in to save her. Um, and then just kind of finds some remains in a furnace and notices the dogs outside are, like, fighting over... Her bones. A leg, a leg bone, like... yeah. Oh my god! What was that necessary too, man? But like, essentially, that's what like flips the switch in his head, and like, finally, the guy that kidnapped her comes back, and like, he just fucks yeah. him up, puts a hatchet in his head. Yeah, yeah. Or a cleaver. Well, um, often when we get these um, hero um, hero backstories, you know, as far as like how they came to be, they. Except for maybe, except for Batman, usually they're pretty. They're kind of not as personal, you know. They're more my planet blew up, or you know, so it's not. It's not. Well, if you look at a, yeah, you look at a what's this? A Green Arrow, like, well, I don't know. I don't know how much credence you give the TV show because that's the more, more experience I have with him. Yeah, his, his like parents were part of a society that didn't do some great things and then he ended up on an island for i don't know how many years like yeah i mean where he had to like yeah i think he was on there for five six years yeah so that's a little dark yeah but not but not like super violent like talking about here yeah yeah like wonder woman just you know fell off her fucking mountaintop i don't know well, uh, what's his name cyborg at least in the Justice League film, that shit was graphic. Yeah, that <laughs> could. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, he probably technically should be the most fucked up because I mean that's fucked up, man, dude. Was he blown up or set on fire or some shit? He was blown up. <laughs> um, yeah, so that might be the most, the closest we get to Watchmen, I suppose. Yeah, if you get graphic, uh, yeah. I, I'm sure. Throughout this whole process, there's a bunch of... Oh, well, there's fucking 99 Luft balloons, <laughs> Which comes in... Uh, oh, when they're at dinner. Why, why is that song... That is a juxtaposition in it as well. Like, 99 Luft balloons. I don't know if everybody knows this song. It's like <laughs> very 80s up-tempo song. And it's just like Lori and, and uh, Night Owl at dinner. <laughs> yeah, that was weird <laughs> placement, but okay. Yeah. Um, oh... 
the comedian's funeral. Yeah. They're playing The Sound of Silence, Simon and Garfunkel. That was kind of um, cool. No, it was very cool. Uh, it felt it fit like the mood, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it was not juxtaposed to the scene. Right. Um, but apparently that song was inspired by the National Emotional Trauma, quoting here, National Emotional Trauma from the Kennedy murder, the JFK oh. murder. Oh, wow. Which, which comedian, which they show comedian being the perpetrator of in the movie. So right. <laughs> that, that some, there's some things happening there. Right. Um, uh, they, they, I think they thought that out when they put that in there. Wow. Um, I mean, yeah, we, we mentioned some of like comedians, like backstory and he obviously fighting in Vietnam. He impregnates the Vietnamese girl that he shoots. Um, some of the Vietnam, Vietnam scenes have the ride of the Valkyries, uh, playing in the background, which is just, um, you know, classical, classical music but like super fucking dramatic and like As probably perfect for people <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like we've probably heard that in an in another film where like helicopters are flying overhead and they play that music I, i'm not gonna be able to tell you which movie it is I, i'm almost certain it's in it's either in full metal jacket mm. or no i think it's in full metal jacket Okay. I mean, that, that sounds right. It feels like, it feels like, right. Almost tongue in cheek kind of use of that song. Mm. And like that movie is kind of like, it's dark, but a little silly, yep. like a little ridiculous. So I could see it in there. Yeah. And then there's a, I don't remember what the song it was, but the, there's another scene with, um, like night owl and Lori Jupiter decide, fuck it. We're going to go be vigilantes. Oh, like superheroes like again. Mm. And they, um, they go save some, people from a burning building this wasn't like uh song music supervision it was the, the score definitely sounded like batman yeah i don't know if you noticed yeah it was like, like almost like dun, 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 like kind of like dun, like very dramatic and dark and like danny elfman like i was just like hmm yeah are they allowed to do this i mean it is on max which is wb owned like, i guess i guess they can use that <laughs> Yeah, it sounded uh well, I, I mean it wasn't the exact same exact song, so I feel like this whole movie kinda like they're good about kinda giving like pseudo homages to different superheroes and superhero teams without it making it very um you know, apparent. Well, I read something else that said uh Ozymandias's suit oh yeah was uh inspired by the batman and robin bat suits <laughs> wow not a good idea yeah although uh, his suit was not bad uh, well it, it wasn't exactly like you know I, I i saw some actually if you look at um on max there is a they do have a um, watchman comic book but like just a moving comic book oh like, really Oh. Watch the. I don't know how you say watch the graphic novel, but like I think <laughs> it's got like eight episodes. So you're gonna. I didn't. I wasn't able to watch it this time, but like. But anyway, oh. I, I saw his uh, his uniform there. Quite different. It's more flowy and roby. Yeah. Uh, more like more like a Roman. Yeah. Robe than a 
than what he had on in this film. Yeah, this suit looked impractical a little bit. It looked pretty mm -hmm. like I'm like the collar was all hard. I was like, dude, I feel like you cut your head off on that suit. Yeah, he's not he's not indestructible like Superman. He's definitely bleeding in this movie. All right. Um, and I think well overall, you know, I was kind of mentioning some of the songs uh, using the film, but I think overall. Uh, this is not one of those films where there's much. I might have heard one song that was kind of background. Everything is just like in your face. Like right? it's definitely like like the music is just like mm. this is happening right now. Like <laughs> like it's very like in your face. Um, I, I mean I don't even know. Like for example, th this is something where I think the the writer Alan um, Moore Moore would definitely not approve of in this film. And that was the, uh, the, the sex scene with night owl and Jupiter Yeah. to, to, to Leonard Cohen's hallelujah. I, I knew you, when that came on, I was sitting there. I was like, can't wait to hear what Chris says about this. <laughs> so I know the dude wrote the song, <laughs> but I really don't like his version of it. Yeah. I had a feeling I, you were going to say that. I'm just saying, I mean, his voice just like, <laughs> and he actually has a second song in the, in the soundtrack as well. Uh, it's the, the first song and first is the second song in the um, post in the credits. Yep. Yeah, man. I mean, it's just, it, it makes it already like, you know, cause they already tried having sex before. Right. Night Owl couldn't get it up. And then like, he's just like out of shape ex-superhero like it makes it an already gross scene seem even grosser with an old deep voice coming in and singing with it <laughs> speaking of which before they even get on the thing there's the scene where he's standing in front of his suit completely naked mm -hmm. was yes. that needed because i feel like that to me was unnecessary um I can answer that for you now. No. <laughs> the answer is no. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess before that scene, during that scene, and then after that scene, all pretty horrifying. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, so this whole time, like, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to figure out the overarching story is. U.S. and U.S.S.R. are close to, like, nuclear war. The superheroes that were there have been prohibited from being superheroes. And it's like, some of them are vigilantes, some of them pseudo-retired, and then, like, them coming together at the very end to, like, try and solve this, this issue and this crisis that's coming up. And then... Oddly enough, like, right, you're talking about a superhero movie, the superheroes win, and that's not what happens here. No. Um, so I think to that end, um, it definitely makes this this film and the story very unique. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I would say, like, all right, there's just something um, at the end. So essentially, like, Ozymandias comes up with this whole plot to blame Dr. Manhattan for killing millions of people and then essentially giving the world something to unite against, right? Yeah. So USSR and US not fighting against each other, but uniting to fight, I don't know, stop 
Dr. Manhattan. <laughs> Good luck with that. And, and, and it happens. Yeah. Like his plan actually happens. Um, but Rorschach is going to like, wants to tell the world what really happened. Um, and like, I feel like Dr. Manhattan is right about saying like staying silent. Right. It's after the fact, right. You weren't able to stop Ozymandias from accomplishing what he set out. Right. To. So like, right. what's the point in telling people now? Because yeah, what his, the results are actually happening. Right. right. So, and it's not like they could stop him anyway. Right. Like, I mean, he's pretty much a God. So, you know, like there's well, nothing Dr. to really gain. could stop him. No, that's what I'm talking about, Dr. Manhattan. Oh, him. Well, I mean, yeah, he's, he, you know, initially he's like, he confronts Ozymandias, but then accepts Ozymandias' logic. Right. Because he has proof, right? People are like, the Nixon is, you know, I've... doing a press conference saying, like, we are uniting with the USSR to, like, deal with uh, Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. So once he sees that, yeah, then he changes his mind. Yeah. Well... And then... But I don't know, man. It's just like this is this is where it, it kind of I like it, but I don't like it. Right. Well, because all of a sudden, Doctor Manhattan. Like, I mean, this is what Rorschach says. Like, all of a sudden, Doctor Manhattan cares. Like, he was up on his fucking right. moon, not paying attention to anybody, and now he wants to like. Now he cares so much that he's going to kill Rorschach in the end to stop the truth from coming out. I feel like he could have done something else to stop Rorschach. I don't think he had to kill him. No, he could have put him on the moon. Could have put him on his the air moon. bubbles. He could have and left him there. Turned him into a vegetable. Um, well, that's probably crueler, but sure, you know. Um, <laughs> but that, but but that being said, the 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 scene, yeah, it was, um, it was actually pretty. good. Uh, was really powerful. I really yeah. like from Doctor Manhattan, from his the, mon monotone, monotonous voice, um, like trying to talk sense sense quote unquote into Rorschach and then Rorschach's like passion and like we talk about subtlety I don't know if it's how subtle it is but I just loved his his face shaking yeah before he like started yelling like that just shake that you could see that anger and like fury building up uh to him and then to him just like I, I probably the best actor in the film I think oh absolutely um, he was fantastic and then and, and then to Night Owl's reaction when when Do uh, Dr. Manhattan like I don't know, blows him up or disintegrates him. Uh, um, it's it's the classic, like, no, but, like, he delivers it so well. Yeah. Um, just make sure we um, – Patrick Wilson, which yeah, play, playing Night Owl, the way he delivers it, he's just kind of standing there and, like – right, he could have dropped to his knees or something, like, and been very dramatic, but he's just, like, you see his body, like, tense up and he screams. And, like, I, I just – I thought the whole scene was just awesome. Yeah. That was probably one of the best scenes in the whole in the in the movie. Um, not not the sex scene to Hallelujah. No, not that one. Anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah that that was that was a moment because I think it was that was the big payoff for watching to going through all the, this, you know. Because at the end of the having to sit through this fucking movie, yeah. Having to sit through this fucking movie, two hours and fucking forty-two minutes of this shit, yeah, yeah. but it finally fucking paid off in the end. Kind of fucking bullshit is, yeah. <laughs> no, it was a, it was a, it was a nice our, payoff. Is our, 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 our podcast two guys from Queens talk about <laughs> movies? <laughs> we can change the title again. Hey, I'm Sal. I'm Miles. 
everybody. And it's me, Mario. No, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, there's, so anyway, so this is this is how essentially the movie ends. Um, but Rorschach does send his journal with all his like findings to the, the newspaper. So I, I don't know, it's like, is that how the, the if you remember, is that how the graphic novel ends? Like, is is there a part two? I don't remember is how there a sequel. It ends, and but there's one problem with that. Doesn't isn't um, Doctor Manhattan able to see? Oh, only his, only his, past. only his, only his future. Only his, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. So, so that makes sense. But like, if he could see like the outcome of the, yeah, right, of it being shit. I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole another level. Of yeah, discussion. yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck no, just like explaining us like, on time. Track list: The Watchmen edition. <laughs> well, we That's talk like about it, like the MCU's time travel stuff. I tell you though, I see a lot of potential for them, like for DC, if they were to tie this movie into the DC universe on some level. Well, yeah, I mean, if they're if they're doing the multiverse just like the MCU, yeah, definitely possible. Um, would be great if they didn't just do it. Next year, take your fucking time. Yeah, there you go. Just please take your time. It's, yeah. it's so frustrating. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh, what else, man? We talked about uh, Hallelujah. Actually, there's another great fucking song in this movie we ain't talk about yet. Hey. Get out of here. And there's actually three. Um, songs written by uh, Bob Dylan in the movie, just not all performed by Bob Dylan. Uh, we talked about uh, uh, the times they are changing. Mm-hmm. The one I'm talking about right now is all along the Watchtower, Jimi Hendrix version. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then like Desolation Row, which I had never heard about before, but that's performed by My Chemical Romance. That's the first song in the credits, the end credits. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man, there, you know, there's, there's definitely some stuff in here. And he also had my, my favorite group, Tears for Fears. And so when was that inside Veldi's office? Was that background music? Cause mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of background music in this. Yeah. 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 I yeah, definitely missed that. Yeah. I guess they didn't want it to be too on the nose, you know? Although there's, there, there's that. I, I was saying there's a lot of stuff that's just up front. Um, yeah. But when I look at the, the the track list, I feel like there's definitely stuff I did not catch, or maybe I was so engrossed in the film I stopped paying attention. Or maybe you're just paying attention to the sex scene. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah. Does that turn everybody on? Did that turn everybody on? Yeah. Oh uh, sure yeah. I can feel the followers signing on now just because of that. Actually, I couldn't hear "You're My Thrill" by Billie Holiday during um, the Doctor Manhattan and Lori sex scene. I, I actually did not hear it. It was pretty low. That was one of the background songs. Yeah, I feel like the, we got to do a better. People have to do a better job of like, because it's almost like false advertising in a lot of ways. Where you're like, "Hey, this song was in the movie." Yeah, it was in the movie. On a cell phone being played in the background of a of a car chase, and you don't get to hear it. I'm like that doesn't count. Uh, well, I, I, 
I know heard it. I didn't hear it. The, the, yeah, I didn't hear the tears for fear. Everybody wants to rule the world. I l- listened to it. That's, that's one of those. That's one of those very. I was about to say it's one of those very literal. Yeah. Um, uses of songs, but he that's, doesn't really want to rule the world. He doesn't want. Yeah. Well, we don't find that out until the end, right? That he actually had a altruistic. Although, life, you know. although maybe it's more in reference to the 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 other people that are with him who are um, mm. heads of like energy, like coal and and gas and oil and stuff and nuclear nuclear. Maybe it's more talking about them, right? Like those are the people that like yeah. want to control Nixon, want to make all the money and control, you know, how people are consuming their energy. And they didn't want to have, you know, a solution, right? Because then they're not making money. Yeah. That's it. That's my answer. That's what that song is about. Okay. Those assholes. Okay. Yeah. Those assholes. <laughs> I know you didn't ask me, but fuck you. Um, so do you have any other, other what the fuck moments or any quotes you enjoy from the film? Uh, what the fuck moment? Yeah. I mean, I think we uh, <laughs> talked about all the ones that are blatant. Um, quote one of the quotes that I like was up front. Um, Sally Jupiter said, which was kind of to be honest, as I'm thinking about it a little bit, it was kind of like a corny placement, but I don't know, it sounded kind of cool at the time. She says, Um, things are tough all over, it rains on the just and the unjust alike, and the comedian was a little of both, and like. All right, that's cool, but it's a little too on the nose as well. Is he? Is he was he? Yeah, that's what I, well, according <laughs> to her. Yeah, I've never got it. Well, I got it at the end why she was the way she was with him. Because she knew mm. that he was the father of, uh, what's her name? Yeah, Lori. So. What's her name? Her name was Sally Jupiter, right? And her daughter was Lori? Yeah. I know I could look that up, but I just didn't feel like it. Um, <laughs> I liked... Um, I mean, I'm going back to Rorschach when they put him in prison. Oh, and he, oh uh, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. He, uh, he fucking throws the boiling water on that one dude that's trying to fuck with him. And he gets dragged away by the guards. And he's like, none of you seem to understand. I'm not locked up in here with you. You're locked in here with me. <laughs> that's <laughs> just, that was dope. He's definitely the best character in this film. That sounds like something Batman would say. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It, it, well, it also feels like Dark, um, not Dark Knight. Uh, Batman Begins. Yeah. When he's in that, in the beginning, when he's at that, uh, that's some sort of prison, but in like, where is he? Not Malaysia or Thailand, anyway. Anyway, Southeast Asia or something. Yeah. Yeah, seems definitely like that. Like, uh, right? Yeah, they drag him away. He's like, it's for protection. I don't need any protection. It's like not for yours. Theirs. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I will say one what the fuck moment we haven't talked about is back to Rorschach. I clearly liked Rorschach in this film. I didn't yeah. realize when I was writing my notes, but yeah. Um, well, it's a what the fuck moment. It's not really a good thing. Um, they're doing a flashback of like Rorschach's life, and uh, his mom was like a prostitute. And there's one where there's a scene where he catches her with a client. And oh yeah, and she's like, "Bastard! I should have had that abortion." I was like, "Oh, that's cold." Damn. Yeah. The f- what? Yeah. I mean, I was about to say, "What the fuck?" 
<laughs> that's why it's in this segment. Um, yeah, man. You know, so that, that one got me. Uh, Jackie Earl Haley um, was in two other superhero um, projects. Do you know which two they are? Is this part of our final question? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> um, man, I'm just going to go ahead and cheat and find it. Cheating, man. tell me anyway. First one is Human Target, which actually was a, t- was a TV show on Fox for four seasons, I think. Four or five seasons. Something like that. Good show. Actually, really good show. And the second one, The Tick, also on Fox. The the animated one or the the live action uh, one. Live action. Ooh. Uh, I do not. Well, I don't think I really watched the live action one. Yeah, the live I action. He's in 2010's Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, he's in that too. What? And he's he was in Shutter Island. What? That I didn't know. Huh. What? Birth of a Nation. Uh, what? Isn't that a Nazi? Isn't that a Nazi film? <laughs> Um, Maybe he played a black guy. You don't know. He's in the hip, he's in hypnotic. That's a new. Um, who's that guy? I hate Ben Ben Affleck. Is that Ben? Yeah, it's Ben Affleck's new movie. Oh really? So he's he's still doing shit. Yeah, he was in something I saw recently. I can't remember what it was. Um, oh, Alita. He was in Alita. Um. All right. Well, I I have a question for you then. Oh snap! Um, so I read that Tim Burton was at one point interested in directing the film with Johnny Depp as the comedian. Yeah, they couldn't do it for whatever reason. What do you think about that? Yay or nay? No, no, <laughs> no. I heard um, Ron, uh, Ron Perlman was also a uh, somebody. Yeah, there's a wanted. bunch. There's a bunch of casting stuff. Um, I wasn't going to really ask about it, but we can talk about it. Um, so, yeah, casting rumors over the year. You mentioned Ron Perlman as what comedian? Yeah, yeah. there he is. Mm-hmm. Comedian: Tommy Lee Jones, Gary Busey, Ron Perlman, Thomas Jane, Gerard Butler. Uh, I don't know Nathan Fillion. Oh, Nathan Fillion. Fillion. Out of all those, Ron Perlman. Yeah, from um, from Firefly, and he's on the the rookie on ABC right now. That sounds like very obscure references. Um, I think Ron Pearl Perlman would definitely have been a good uh, comedian. Mm. You kind of get that in like Blade Two. His character in Blade Two is kind of like that, or three. Two. No, it's two. Yeah, I feel like. I get that comedian feel. Um, Dr. Manhattan, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Dolph Lundgren, Keanu Reeves. Uh, no, to all of those. Well, to the body, Arnold Schwarzenegger. To the monotone voice, Keanu Reeves. Maybe if you could put those two together, you get a good Dr. Manhattan. Yeah, I mean, Dr. Um, Manhattan with a German accent, Austrian accent, rather. Austrian. Um, okay, Rorschach. Get ready for this. David Bowie, Sir John Hurt, Robin Williams, Sean Penn, Daniel Craig, Simon Pegg, Glenn Hansard. Wow, that's all over the place. I mean, I mean, it's like yes, they just like spin a wheel and just start picking out names. 
you have a comedian, you have a musician, uh, you have a very dramatic actor, you have another yeah. musician, Simon Pegg, I don't even, a, another comedic, comedic actor, Daniel Craig. Oh, your favorite. Uh, I, I will refrain from calling him an actor. Yeah, I don't fucking know. Yeah, none of them. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm glad this list provided me an opportunity to, to shit on Daniel Craig. Oh Thank my you God. very much. Thank you, IMDb. I mean, none of none of them, um, none of them, just like none of them. How about this? How about Ozymandias? There's only two: Tom Cruise, Jude Law. Jude Law, maybe, maybe. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is like five foot one. Who's <laughs> he going to intimidate at five foot one? Yeah, he wear lifts. Yeah, okay, so then um, it'll be five foot three. Okay, let's do let's let's do Silk Spectre two. So the the younger one, Jamie Lee Curtis, Hillary Swank, Jessica Biel, Hillary Duff, Natalie Portman, Rachel Weisz, Jennifer Connelly, Jessica Alba, Kate Winslet. Je- so essentially every yeah. actress that was alive Pretty at much that time. Everyone who has a pulse. <laughs> Jennifer Connelly. Eh. Uh, um, no, I have to I have to say I don't know if I loved the actress. That played her here, so I liked her. It actually, I actually yeah, I think I, she would have made she, a better she one. Talks kind of bother me, Although, but the rest of those actresses, nah. Jamie, well, Jamie, know, Jamie Chris, come on. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, someone that's not in this. I don't know how. No, she was. She was there. Um, what's her name? Um, Scarlett Johansson. Because she does, every, she does so many action action films. I feel like she might have fit here. What's the the the, the new Black Widow? Oh, well, she, um, which she, I actually really like her. Yeah. I think she's a great That's actress. So I chose her because at least she's a good actress. I I I I think I think she, I, I she she might be like the next time we ask questions about uh, you know Tom Hanks, Michelle Yeoh, Will Smith. Like she is such a great actress. I, I've seen her in several different things, and I think she just does well in everything. That might be my next question. But um, she was, if we're talking about, like, was she even alive at 2000? Well, she's yelling, uh, what's her uh, name? Um, Florence Pugh. She's yeah. uh, 20, I mean, she was, she's she's 27 years old, so... There's 11. Did I get it right on the dot? 11, 27 minus 14. She was 13. 13. All right. Yeah, she could have done it. She could have done it. Um, I don't know. I, I, I would actually say maybe Jessica Biel. Could, Jessica Biel. Yeah, I like Jessica. We won't even get into Night Owl and Silk Spectre, but um, everyone, you can look that yeah, up on IMDb. There's not a, a good one either. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip. Um, Man, I'm just going to. This is definitely my favorite song. Um, I'm going to skip our other music question and go to our favorite song and the song I think encompasses the the film and the story. Okay. What um, you got? So the song that I think encompasses, well, my favorite song, probably, even though it's a weird placement, I'll say Unforgettable. Um, it's just a bizarre placement, but it, it works in a weird way. 
I mean, if it's your favorite song, it's your favorite song. And then um, separated from the film. The song that I think sums up the the movie the best. Um, I'm your boogeyman. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> probably the sound of silence. Yeah. Although, yeah, yeah, I'll say that. Yeah, I'm going to say that. Honestly, there's multiple. I I feel like all of the uh, Bob Dylan songs, like Bob Dylan's just like mood is very like, I don't want to say nihilist, nihilist, but like, right, very dark. And they just really fit the feel of this movie. Um, Well, you, your favorite song is like, I don't know how I, it's, it's hard for me not to say that, but like, I, I love Unforgettable. I sang it with Devin mm-hmm. at one of her shows, um, but the, the Nat King Cole, Natalie uh-huh. Cole version. Um, but all along the Watchtower. Yeah, that's dope too. Ooh, it's just like such a, I mean, we hear this in a lot of like, there's a lot, there's Vietnam in this movie. Like you hear that in a lot of film, Vietnam films, like war movies, like they play that song. Um, and I also think it's, I looked at the lyrics and I don't think it's like, it wasn't written for this movie, but like some of the things mm. just kind of lined up. So let me, let me, this might be a stretch, yeah. but let me watch it do it. All right. So it opens up like, uh, there must be some, some kind of way out of here. So the Joker to the thief and immediately I'm like Joker comedian, right? There's a little <laughs> no, it's stretch to the stretch. Um, like businessmen, they drink my wine, plow men, dig my earth, like. To me, that's like, well, businessman, you know, you talk about all the, the energy people in this film and like just going on with life, like making their money and like trying to rule the world, whatever. I feel like that could speak to that. And then Plowman, Dig My Earth is just, again, like life goes on. Like people are just going on mm. like nothing's wrong. Um, and then the line that there's too much confusion. At points, I think that talks to the, the plot. It's a little confusing mm. at times. Um, but then you get like, just like, forget about the lyrics, but then like the, the crazy guitar solos that Jimi Hendrix has in the song, um, feel chaotic, kind of just like the, like the life, like the, the, you know, how, um, the chaos of life, how like Dr. Manhattan Mm. kind of sees it, like that kind of conversation he has with Lori of like all the, you know, molecules and atoms in the world that created your parents and they had to fall in love with each other to make you the whole speech about turning mm-hmm. air into gold. Um, I, I, I just thought about that when I heard, like when I'm listening to the to the guitar solo and like how crazy it is and like how, yeah, like what are the chances that like any of us are alive and right. like any, you know, light and how life kind of happens. So that's, that's why I'm saying all along the Watchtower, it's just my interpretation <laughs> of the song. <laughs> but um, that, that's why... That, that, I hope that clarifies sure, my, why not? my thinking there. <laughs> um, but I like your answers too, Darren. So not good. So what are you what are you rating this out of ten? Um, what do you got? Please don't say the same thing I say, man. It's just the end of this uh, shit. Uh, this is don't do it. To be honest, this is the first time it. I've seen this movie in quite a while. Because to be honest, this is not a re a rewatchable movie. Um, this is not a day killer. Uh, I love Rorschach's presence in this. I thought he was the best thing in this movie, but I feel like 
he should have his own movie so I don't have to watch all that other garbage. <laughs> um, I give it a seven. Uh, still too close, man. I don't like it. Can you give it a, no, like an eight? Not, Can you give it an eight? Nowhere near an eight. I'm being generous with this. I gave it a 6.5. You what? Uh, I gave oh. it a 6.5. It's, it's too close. Huh. I don't like this. Trying to be. I grow tired of this. Of this ew, agreement. Ew. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, everything you said. Um, I find myself like, how, yeah, not day killer, but I do find myself like thinking yeah, about watching too. it sometimes. And I, but it might. I think just I don't want to see his dingle. It might be the same way I feel. I don't want to see this dude walking around naked on the whole movie. I don't think I want to hear you use the word dingling again. Junk um, I feel like it's the same way. I, I feel like it's the same way I feel about. Um, Casino Royale. Oh my god! Like, I want to like it. I want to like it, so I keep watching it, and then I keep disappointing myself. Seriously? Maybe I should lower this to it. Maybe I should lower it even more. I'm gonna give it a six. I'm dropping it to six just because of what I convinced myself. Done. Now we're different enough that I can be happy with my day. You have problems, man. Thank you. Um. All right. All right, well, what you what's, what's going on with you? What you got coming up? Uh, nothing except for us doing more podcasts, you know. So, Woo! I think we have um, oh, we have a list of stuff we are on our that yeah. we are our to dos. Should, should we should we should we talk sure. should we talk about it? Um, what's the list? Sure. The list we put out. Uh, Casablanca, yep. Wizard of Oz, yep. Apocalypse Now, Sound of Music, Stand by Me. The harder yep. they come with Jimmy Cliff, um, and then we have some secondary films we're not sure about, but that's a good lineup of films right there with some decent soundtracks. So, like, and I'm excited lead to get on those to our 100th episode, people. We are come. It's oh, coming. It's coming very soon. We um. So you have to listen to everything we've yeah, done it's so you can be, catch up. Yeah, you you absolutely should actually. And we just released Free Guy. We have Amy coming up on Tuesday, coming this coming Tuesday, and then after that, it's just going to be crazy amounts of good stuff. Top one hundred films soundtracks going to be dope. Going to be dope. I'm so okay. excited. And uh, I just get I know, 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 um, and actually, uh, JT Curtis, our co-host on the 007 podcast, uh, we got together yesterday and recorded one of uh, a song I've been wanting to record for a while, Inferno, and uh, we put together a demo, and it's already sounding dope, but we're going to get some other musicians to uh, record some other yeah. parts to it. So could be my next, could be my next single. Nice. So, and speaking of 007. Excited about that. We, the 007 Ba-da. podcast Ba-da. is... Coming back, we got a new season starting up, um, and our next episode will be Diamonds Are Forever. Diamonds Are Forever. 
forever. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm in a singing mood now. As soon as we get off here, I'm going to be practicing. Okay. I'm going to go get something to eat. Um, all right. Well, anything else you want to share? No. Just follow us on Tracklist Podcast on Instagram. The shizzle. Um, yeah, man. We'll, we'll, Darren does a great job of... Um, you know, keeping everything updated with our latest episodes. Um, definitely hit us up uh, for any movies that we haven't done that you want us want to hear us talk about yeah, or you want to join us on. And if you have, if you have an indie film that has a great soundtrack, uh, if you want us to watch it, you know, send us a link where we can watch it, and maybe we'll feature it on uh, on the drop on the um, track list. Track. We don't just do blockbusters and mainstream shit. We, we love all types yeah. of films. So, good soundtracks, good know. soundtracks, man. Uh, all right, mm-hmm. well, cool. Um, I think that wraps it up. Then, I'm Darren Jenkins. I'm Chris Saunders. And this was the track, the track list. list.